Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. The biggest season ever of New Amsterdam Radio rolls on. How is it going, citizens? It is I, the mayor of Fobo Boys, up here in the mayor's office, just hanging and chatting with you. New Amsterdam Radio is a podcast for creators, but by now you already know that four seasons in, we're approaching episode 100. I can't believe it's a thing. I can't believe I made it this far. I know 100 is kind of a weird milestone. On one hand, it's great. Most podcasts die after episode eight. <laughs> uh, most TV shows, once they hit 100 episodes, they get a cake and it'd be open to syndication. But, you know, 100 is a drop in a bucket to someone like Joe Rogan with his 1,500 or 1,600 plus episodes. But, above all else, it's not about comparing yourself to other creatives. It's about enjoying yourself. And I've been enjoying myself doing this podcast because New Amsterdam really is a city for every single individual that has an idea, that decides to start an idea, that's working on an idea concurrently with their real life. This town is for you. And my guest, Kelsey Events, today embodies that. In fact, I met Kelsey through a mutual friend, uh, a person I worked with as an MC to appear in one of her shows for her day job over at StreamYard. And it was great. Uh, it was called Spotlight Sessions. It was amazing. My friends all saw it. I, they told me I looked professional, which is kind of a backhanded compliment, but that's besides the point. Uh, I was then a guest on her show, her individual, her personal show, Avenue A Live, where I got to see a complete theming with their questions and the music and the lights. We actually talk about that in our interview. And so I had to return the favor. I got to learn more about Kelsey, what drives her, what pushes her to create what she does. Her website says she was born on a farm in Portland. So I needed to know all about that. But before I do, just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, for making this show something that you guys do listen to consistently. I've seen the numbers, like you're sharing it with friends. And that means a lot to me. NewAmsterdam.com is a website to learn more about it. And uh, you can follow the show on social media at New Amsterdam on Instagram and at new underscore Amsterdam on Twitter. But without further ado, my chat with Kelsey Metz. Welcome back to New Hampshire Radio, the podcast for creators. It is I, Football Boys. I'm in the mayor's office, but as always, I am not alone. You see, I have a very special guest, and I say special all the time, but this is the reason why I'm saying special this week. I had an intro prepared, but I was perusing the Instagrams, and I saw this thing I thought was amazing. This is verbatim from my guest's Instagram breakdown. Early 20s art school grad who finds herself in corporate position and happens to be really good at it, but also just wants to sing and frolic. Please welcome Miss Kelsey Benz. How you doing? Lobo, it's so good to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. That was you in a nutshell. Succinct to the point. I loved it. That's so funny because you took that for I posted that Instagram post today. Yeah. And yeah. I was thinking about myself as a as a character. And that's like totally what it is. Working a corporate job, pretty good at it, but just wants to do arts, just wants to sing and frolic. That's me. <laughs> I've tried frolicking once. It's surprisingly good. I recommend anyone who hasn't frolicked to do it. it frolicking is underrated indeed. 
so you do a lot of artsy things. Uh, if I were to ask you and how you rank them, like what, what do you do in total? Sure. Um, so I'm a performer, but I'm, I'm a, a singer first, I would say. Um, I grew up singing. That was sort of my first love. Um, and then I got into theater in middle school and started doing acting and uh, musical theater primarily. Uh, and I got my degree in acting uh, from NYU. So that's what I'm trained in is like straight acting. Um, but my my love is musical theater mainly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just love combining, you know, singing, acting, dancing all together. Like that's the that's the creme de la creme. That's the hardest thing to do, you know, is put all those skills together. So that's my favorite. Um, that's what I'm sort of pursuing as a as a career um, in, in my life. And, and during the pandemic, obviously things have shifted a little bit and I'm in a, I'm in a corporate position at the moment. Yeah. Um, but in terms of my artistic life, that's sort of the, the nutshell. I'm glad you said you're in a corporate position. I think a lot of us creatives are fortunately or unfortunately, you know, they have a couple yeah. hours dedicated to the man and the man is non-gendered. It's kind of like a collective idea, yeah. uh, but that balance of going to work and making sure you give a hundred percent that you're, you get that check. You don't feel like you're stealing money from them. Right. But right. then still having the energy to invest time in your project. What's your approach to the balance? It's hard, Flo, well, I'll be honest. Um, I I feel so blessed to have the position that I have in my in my corporate job because it's sort of adjacent to performing in a way. Um, I work in live streaming and, and on the platform that we're actually streaming the the video part of this podcast right streaming. now on StreamYard. Yeah. Um, so I get to work with and and meet a lot of creatives who are turning to virtual uh, platforms to stream their content. Uh, so in that sense, I, I still sort of get to keep my finger on the pulse of uh, what artists are doing and, and how we're all moving through this this virtual moment during the pandemic where live theater and live performances is, is sort of on hold at the moment. Um, but that being said, it's it's still very different from uh, what my day to day was, you know, when I was in art school, when we were, you know, in acting school, rolling around on the ground with each other, <laughs> learning to do ensemble work, you know, creating these crazy characters. So it's it's draining in a lot of ways to spend 40 hours uh, doing something that's outside of what you love, what your passion, where your passion lies, I would say. Yeah. Um, however, I just have to keep coming back. Like I just remind, I keep reminding myself uh, what the feeling is when I do uh, do the thing that I'm passionate about. Like I, I remember that feeling and the way that the feeling is most potent to me, like what I think about yeah. um, is for me personally, when I'm, I've had a couple of moments where I'm on stage, I'm in full costume and makeup, I'm doing a musical, I'm singing, I'm dancing, whatever. And there'll be a couple moments where I remember I was on stage and I just had this feeling of like, this is it. Like right. this is bliss right here, this right. moment. And it was like a sort of out of body kind of experience just for a split second where you can taste that like this is what living is. Right. And I think we all sort of maybe have experienced that in different different ways and different things wherever our passion lies. But I've had a couple of those moments where it's just so potent for me. 
And so when I'm in this moment where I'm not able to be in those circumstances, I'm not able to be on stage uh, in the traditional way, um, I, I, I just kind of remember what that feeling was. And I know that uh, it's, it's still there, it still exists, and I can still pursue it, even though uh, the, the way in which I, I go after that artistic uh, fulfillment is a little different right now. It's a little more virtual, obviously. It's, a, it's um, taking form in different, uh, different ways. But um, yeah, that's what I would say. I just, I just try to consciously remind myself that uh, I experienced it before and it still exists and I'll experience that again. And I just have to keep coming back to that. So unfortunately, you haven't had that feeling in the virtual space quite yet. That's true. I mean, in certain ways I have, I think um, my my platform Avenue A has been a, a sort of artistic lifeline for me in a way. Uh, it's it's obviously different from being on stage and connecting with an audience because you can't, you can't necessarily see or feel the audience when you're in a virtual space. And I think mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's the difference for me. That's where sort of the disconnect does, does come in and where I'm not able to like fully feel that aliveness that you can when you when you're with a live audience however uh i have i have been able to stay connected with my fellow artists so it's a much more intimate kind of connection uh being able to sit down and, and for even though it's virtual talk to other artists who are also navigating this very unique moment that we're in um and that is something that i was never really able to do before not because i couldn't but just because i didn't i didn't yeah. pursue it i didn't i wasn't focused enough to sit down with someone and really be uh consciously asking them questions about their artistic journey. You know, I just didn't have that that organized uh, before the pandemic. So in that way, uh, the, the the platform has been has been really life giving for me. Yeah, it's it's interesting how because much like yourself, uh, for me, it was comedy. Uh, I got on stage and in, in, on August 10th, 2014, and I got the first that that moment that we realized you're, you're yeah. in the moment, even if you didn't want to be you're you've transcended an ultimate dimension performing yeah. for other people and, and the virtual space was difficult for me. I've, I too haven't had many, I have wins, but never that quite that level of making a whole room hang on the edge of every seat. And much right. like Avenue A, New Amsterdam started off as just me talking into my phone about things I've noticed as a creative into being this space to talk and share stories with other people. So yeah. walk me through Avenue A. I love the name. It's kind of, it's kind of like, it's kind of legit because, you know, I'm from New York. So I was like, oh, Avenue A, you know, you're yes. taking the world uh, by storm one Avenue at a time. But 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 the idea of it, how, why is it the day it airs, the people you get on the show, like walk me through everything. Sure. Yeah, I will totally walk you through. And I love that yours is New Amsterdam. I know that that, that comes from your roots in New York, too. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool. Um, I named the platform uh, Avenue A because uh, of my sort of my acting career began, officially began here in New York. And my first apartment was on Avenue A. So that's sort of where the name came from. Uh, but Avenue A is a, a virtual platform. It's a live stream show where uh, I talk to fellow creatives, actors mostly, but also directors, producers, casting directors, musicians, everyone uh, who pursues something artistic, really. Um, and I talk to them about acting, about networking, and about the arts industry that they are a part of. So that's the focus of the show. 
Um, and generally speaking, I have one guest on, so it's it's sort of like a one-on-one -on -one kind of uh, talk show interview style. Yeah. Um, but then occasionally I'll have, you know, a, an artistic partnership come on, two people. I think the most I've had on on uh, is, is three people. So I had like four of us on the screen, which was really fun, yeah. uh, doing a little, a little uh, interactive um, interview. Um, but I just, I'm really interested in... I guess I, I should talk about the origin of Avenue A because uh, it, it stemmed from uh, my feeling of just like absolute lostness. Uh, I had just graduated from NYU with an acting degree this last May, in May of 2020. Um, and so I, I was at my mom's house for I was quarantining at my mom's house, finishing out my degree virtually via Zoom, which felt really weird doing acting classes over Zoom. Um, and I, I graduated <laughs> in my living room. You know, it was a, it was a very strange and disconnected sort of end of my college experience, and and it went it went very differently than I had expected, than I had worked for those four years. I had some very specific goals um, coming out of college that that were totally kind of sidelined in a way. Um, so I was, I was feeling very disconnected and I was just feeling like, how am I, I'm across the country. I was at my mom's in Portland, Oregon on the West coast and all of my contacts were uh, in, in New York city. And so I just felt this feeling of like, where am I? I'm so lost. Where is everyone else? How do I stay connected with them? Um, and so I came up with this idea along with my my job that I had gotten at, on this live streaming platform. I was like hired on as a tech support, sort of just like chat assistant, basically. Put out fires. <laughs> um, Why is yeah. my thing working? Help me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just like te major tech support vibes. Um, yeah. And I said, okay, so... I work at this live stream company. I have this expertise. I know this platform um, and everything is virtual right now. So how, why don't I just create a, a space where I can take action over staying connected with my people, basically. Um, so that's where the concept of Avenue A came from. And I wanted to ultimately create a resource, uh, not only for myself to continue learning from my peers and to also like meet new artists and, and stay connected with my, with the, the artists that I had worked with in the past, known in the past, but also create an accessible resource for other young people who maybe didn't get a chance to go to art school or are still in high school and are wanting to know more about the arts industries or are wanting to uh, break into the arts industries but don't have the resources necessarily to get professional training in that way. Um, so that's, I wanted to create something really accessible for, for people to be able to come to the, the space of Avenue A weekly and and sort of get the insights from and the wisdom from these different these different artists who are in different capacities yeah the wisdoms plural you get wisdoms multiple yes multiple uh, wisdoms so i was on the show avenue a recently yes, you were. and uh and i and I, your intro music i'm not sure if i can say this but i, I will i'll cut it off if you tell me not to sure uh it was dance with me by erling which which i thought was pretty cool and yes. when i was in film school i so i moved out to los angeles i moved out here to, to be in the film industry and i got to film school my my professor at the time uh, who's passed away his name is tom mankowitz uh mm. wrote superman 78 worked with dick donner wrote okay. Okay. Jokes and speed and all that stuff. Uh, his his uncle wrote Citizen Kane. 
Uh, mm -hmm. He said when he was writing the movie Dragnet from the 80s, uh, okay. he was saying the, the, if you want to make a city feel real cosmopolitan, add a saxophone. <laughs> and, and and so I'm I'm waiting for your show, which airs at 5 p.m. Pacific time yes. on Fridays. The yes. sun is still out; it's setting. Yep. I have my light on, and I heard a burr, 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 like oh, a big transported into a whole different world. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun, a lot of easy. You let me ramble on and on. It was a cool show, it was a cool vibe. I dig it. Dug it a lot. Oh, cool! And Flobo, I have to say, you are such a fantastic guest. I mean, I got feedback from multiple like recurring viewers that said that your episode was just like super strong and they just really enjoyed it. They loved your energy. They loved what you brought to the table. So I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, thank you so much. You got to yeah. a new way though. If you're listening to this, you're like, what's that? Do it now. <laughs> yes. YouTube. But yes. As it's grown in season two, in the middle of season two at, this, at the time. We are, we are almost through season two. I mean, we okay. have about, I think six more episodes before season two wraps, but um, yeah, we had 20 episodes of season one and now we're on, I think season or episode 15, uh, maybe of season two. Whoa. So it's been going for, for a hot sec. Gotta, I gotta ask people that do live shows is, uh, cause a lot of people come to me now and they say, well, how, how do you deal with this? I want your opinion on the, the wild natured beast of wrangling guests week in and week out. Like what Ugh. is your method? What's your process? What's your frustrations? Don't tell me there's no frustrations. <laughs> I was trying to get people to show up every week. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is truly um I won't say that's the hardest part but I will say that that's the work of it. Getting the guests is the work of the live stream process. Everything else for me is super fun and not that not that wrangling guests isn't fun but it's just a little bit different. You have to um it's more active basically. And, and you have to be creative. So um, I didn't really have a strategy going in. I just sort of knew that I had a lot of artistic contacts uh, coming out of acting school. I was like, well, I know quite a bit of people. Uh, so I'll just start there. So I started with who I knew. And my first episode was with my best friend who also happens to be like an amazing filmmaker, artistic director of, a, of his own like, production company. So he's super legit, but he's also my best friend. So that was super lucky for me. And I reached out to him and he was like, of course, I'll be your first guest. Like, yeah, yeah. whatever. It was really casual because I was super nervous. I was like, people are not going to want to be on this. Like, what gives me the right to create a show? I, th I mean, there were so many self-deprecating sort of feelings happening. What do you think that is? Why do we think, why do you think that you had those thoughts? <sighs> That's a good question. And I think it just, it just felt so unknown and it felt, um, I just wasn't sure if people would care. And I'm not sure why I wasn't sure if people would care, but um, I just had to keep reminding myself, listen, you know, you're doing this for you ultimately, because I was, I, I wanted to create a resource for other people as well, but, but I also was, was trying to feed my own artistic soul and I wanted to connect with people and I wanted to um, create like a safe and fun artistic space that I could come to every week uh, and, and share these moments with fellow artists. And so that's what I had to keep reminding myself. Like, it's not about the reception from the audience because yes, I am streaming it to my social media platforms and I'm promoting it to my followers and stuff like that. I want people to join and I want people to tune in and watch. Uh, but ultimately uh, the the platform is is for me and if people find it useful that's amazing and I'm I welcome them um, but if they don't then 
that's okay and it doesn't make the it doesn't make the show any less important or any less potent just because someone may not find it useful for themselves. So I had to sort of put that together in my mind. Um, and, and I think finding that mindset and sort of ensuring or reassuring myself that it was okay and that this is legit just because I'm doing it, you know, not because I'm anyone's like super special or I'm not famous, <laughs> you know, I don't have any like, legit credibility but just the fact that i want to do it i think makes it okay to do so um i took that with me in my sort of strategy of reaching out to people and uh i just i focused on making connections with the guests that i did have so i started with people i knew and most of them were super willing and they were like sure because you know we're friends whatever we're we're artistic colleagues at some point um, and then I would start asking people, hey, you know, um, I'm looking for for more guests. If you happen to know anyone who you think would be interested in being on the show, uh, I would love to connect with them. And I sort of left it really casual, but I would put that into the space. And I had a few guests be like, oh, yeah, like, I know this person. Let me give you their email. And then I would reach out to them. And and most of the time, people were surprisingly willing to be on the show, um, I was lucky enough to to connect with Melissa Erico, who's a who's a Broadway veteran and performer, and I actually connected with her through the Streamyard live chat. Crazy enough, mm-hmm. um, and I ended up having her on the show, and then and then she was gracious enough to to reach out to some of her other Broadway contacts and put me in contact with them, and oh. so it sort of it sort of got the ball rolling in that sense, and and I was able to have uh, some really notable performers on the show, and they were so. Great gracious to, to give me their insight and to take the time even to be on the show. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, I guess that's, it, it was just me both kind of shooting my shot in a way with people, but also, um, focusing more on the connection with the individual I had in front of me instead of, uh, I don't know, trying to get something from them because that's a fine line do you know what i mean yeah absolutely absolutely Uh, yeah that's like like the toot my own horn but (laughs) well like i said in an old episode episode 89 i have toot my own horn because no one's gonna do it for me um i had one of my college friends on one of my shows uh ariana maddox who was in who was in yes yes uh i knew her as a as a girl from my college and we went to this rinky eating school oh my god that pressure of like how much vanderpump rules do i go into how much college stuff do they go into right so that balance because you don't want to pry and pull things out to get i got right. i got you this newsworthy item for what when it's your right. friend on something yeah absolutely yeah so there is a lot of fine lines to to walk and i never want to be i never want to come off as presumptuous or uh as you know like i'm asking for too much um but i think in a, in a way it's okay if people say no you know and i did i did reach out to to several several people to invite them on the show and i got a, a fair amount of no's but um you know i've i found more and more that artists are generally just really great and we all understand what it's like to be an artist you know and so as i reached out even the people who said no like i got some of the most gracious responses from uh from the people who weren't able to do it and uh you know it didn't bother me at all 
So I think the fact that it didn't bother me that they said no, I can only assume that me reaching out to them didn't bother them, right? Like it's sort of a, that's just what we do as artists. We reach out, we we join if we can join and, and we we deny if we need to deny and, and life goes on. Right. Well, yeah. You, you are way more gracious than I am. Cause like I, I can take a hard no all day, you know, like, Hey, I'm from Brooklyn. Hey, no. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I had to learn, and if I'm being honest with you guys listening as well, is when someone does the self-deprecating no, like, Oh, you should get somebody else to be on your show. I'm just nobody. It's like, Oh, come yeah. on. <laughs> I know that's a somebody. tough one. That's yeah. a tough one. Yeah. I uh, haven't come across that too much, but how do you, how do you deal with that? Flobo? You, I, I, I look at that and I say, well, thank you so much. I, I do my shows for purpose. I think you would be great for the show. There's a story I want to say. I need you to give them like a little outline more than I would a normal person. Yeah. And I'll say, I'll follow up with a couple of weeks. If you change your mind, let you know. That's functional. Um, but yeah. more often than not, it's kind of a sign of saying, I don't want to be in your show. Who does that? Who says, I'm not good enough to be talked to? Like, <laughs> you know, I, mean? I know. So, that's... <laughs> I think it's just them being, being nice and saying no. But I always open it up. Hey, if you change your mind, please come through because I don't like to spray like requests for no reason. There's a reason why right. I'm, I'm, I'm drafting the email, but right. hey, you're interviewing me. What's going on? <laughs> uh, so here's a question. Here's a question of a lot of people. They start their own shows. They're already, they're rocking and rolling. They're consistent with their stuff. They've got their friends doing it. And by yeah. the way, sidebar, Kelsey's right. Test shows save lives. But this, you do all the work, you put in weeks through to six, but the views aren't there. And I know views aren't everything. How do you how do you let other people know that there's other things of merit besides views? How do you not let views get at you, eat at you? We have the best interview ever, and 14 people came to the show. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, and honestly, if we're being super candid, Avenue A sometimes doesn't get very many viewers at all. Um, however, for me that's not why I started the show. Um, and so I think it comes back to intention. Like for me, I started the show uh, as, like I said, a safe space, a fun space that I could come to every week and connect with a different artist. Um, and that I could share that with, with anyone who was interested. Um, so I definitely did when I when I created the platform, I did sort of have hopes of uh, sort of having a viewership increase, right? Like we're all if we're going to create an online presence, we may as well sort of like make it like marketed and ha hopefully have more people engage Absolutely. over the over the time. Um, and for for different episodes with different guests, I've had, you know, like varying levels of, of interest, which is to be expected. Um, but I, I really haven't bothered myself too much with the viewership just because I know that uh, I'm doing this regardless of who's watching. And I think sure. that's important. Like if you're not creating content that you love and that you're really engaged with, uh, then first of all, no one else will probably be engaged because they can tell, right? They can tell that there's some disconnect between what you're putting out there and, and how you really feel about it, first of all. Right. And then second of all, um, I, I think that if you're only doing it for the viewership, then you'll burn out, right? Like if you don't reach your, your numbers one week, then then you don't, right? Like I don't, then there's no reason to go on, I guess. But if you're doing, if you're, if you're, if you're creating content that you're really passionate about, then it doesn't matter so much who's viewing or how many people are viewing. 
Um, and of course, of course, viewership matters too. Like that's part of it. We want to, we want to get our content seen by people, of course, like I'm not discounting that. Um, and there are, I guess, different ways of doing that. I, I admittedly don't spend probably enough time on marketing my show. Um, I, I do it. I spend a little bit of time. You know, I have my like Tuesday post that I do on Instagram to, to for the new guest, and then I do a recap on Saturdays. Um, but other than that, I'm I'm pretty pretty chill about my marketing. So I think if you spend more time in different areas where you know you create an email list, you really try to get the word out, then you can build your viewership. Like there's concrete ways that we can do that, right? But ultimately, I think uh, it comes down to creating content that you love. So regardless of who else is present, um, it's still going to be fulfilling for you. True. I, I'm, I'm totally 100,000% in agreement. I think the analogy I used on one of the shows you did together, because this is the third time we've been on a podcast. Together. It sure so, is. So I got, all the things are coming into my head. It's like you're, you're building each, each post, each episode is a brick, you know, and yeah. you never know. Um, I got yeses from people who have some influence, not because of my views, but because I was there every week from like July right. or April or the year before. So I think that's huge. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I, that's what I think with Avenue A too. Like we have, I guess 35 episodes now and that's a big deal regardless if some of the episodes got like 10 views you know what I mean like yeah. it's still it's substantial it's consistent um some some episodes got a ton of views some episodes really didn't and it, it doesn't really it doesn't really affect the fact that it's a piece of art that exists and it's there and it's substantial and it's consistent and I think yeah. that that definitely matters when it comes to uh, people who are coming from the outside being like oh wow like I see you've done this regardless of how many subscribers you have it exists and it's really cool yeah so are you in the East Coast still or are you I am I'm in New York City now yeah okay cool cool yeah. what what does Kelsey Benz do for fun in the big city um, right what, now, no, I know that's, a, that's such a question. Well, to be honest with you, I've gotten really, really into fitness in this quarantine. Okay. I've always considered myself an active person, but not necessarily like a fitness person. I guess there's a, to me, there's a thing in your face. Fitness, <laughs> fitness. Yeah, like I always, I always uh, equated um, like exercise with pain. Um, so I was active, like I love to dance and do different things where I wasn't thinking about working out. Um, but during the quarantine, I've I've totally shifted my perspective on on what fitness is, and I've turned more to focusing on how it makes me feel versus how it makes me look, which I think is a is an important distinction to make. Um, obviously it's great to look super cute if you're working out a lot, but I think more importantly, uh, working this corporate job and sitting at a desk 40 hours a week, I've been like, okay, I need to really be intentional about moving my body. Um, and so that's, that's really what I do for fun, honestly, is, is I, I work out. And then I guess I also, it's sad to say, but my favorite hobby is eating also, How's that Which sad is, to say? I don't know why. I do all the time. It's um, I guess the reason it's the reason it's sad is because a lot of restaurants are like not so available right now. Okay. Um, so like I love going to a, a new restaurant. You know, that's like really the experience of like dressing up and kind of going in and experiencing the ambiance and trying the food. Right. That's my favorite thing. So that's sort of like 
not happening as much. Although indoor dining did just return in New York City, but it's still kind of sketchy. Right, uh, right, right. So, so yeah, still. the good yeah. the good old ba balance of like a great meal and then a great workout for me is is where it's at. So Saturday morning, you get up, there's brunch or there's a workout, empty stomach cardio, there's brunch in the SF and you're just in a hammock chilling out. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, that's, that's great. I mean, I like the fact that you have that kind of balance, even though that's something that I do all the time. Just eat and chill out. Right. <laughs> I know. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily seem so special, but. But you make it sound special. I was like, yeah, I just stuff my face and chill. You're like, no, no, you got to get dressed up. Get the yeah, you make it. You make it an event. You no make idea. it an event. I'm Absolutely. doing this all wrong. <laughs> yeah. so so where does Avenue Way go next what do you want to see it is is it going to be a spinoff show more episodes a fourth season merchandise cartoon network show what's going on so you know I'm actually really fully in the brainstorms phase right now for the future of Avenue A um, we're approaching like I said the the close of the second season and um, I it's become very near and dear to me I mean I've been going live pretty much every week since May. Um, so we're coming up on a year of content and uh, the the way it's running is really comfortable to me. Like I'm, uh, I know what I'm doing. Obviously I've done it a bunch of times and it, it makes sense to me. Um, but with that comes a little bit of uh, stagnance, I think. Like I'm definitely feeling like, okay, if there is a future for Avenue A and I, and I would like there to be, uh, it needs to go in a different direction or or something new needs to happen. So I'm not exactly sure what that is yet or or how I'm going to implement something new to Avenue A, but yeah. uh, it is, it's definitely my baby. Like I created it, I con conceived it, I birthed it. Um, <laughs> and now I think it's it's time to go in a different direction. So I'm sort of in the in the brainstorm manifest stage and and I'm not exactly sure but I'm 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 drawing a lot of inspiration from my other live stream colleagues uh, honestly like you Flobo you're doing so many amazing things with with all of your live stream content um so I'm definitely taking notes and and yeah, it's really inspiring to be in yeah, exactly. It's inspiring to be a part of of the not only the live stream community, but also just artistic communities where I can, I can uh, be in contact with with other artists who are who are making their virtual stamp. Right. So yeah. Avenue B coming soon. <laughs> yes. I'm Stay tuned sad. for Avenue B. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, done and done. So breaking news. Uh, so it's 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 March or April. What time this airs? It'd be April. I mean, a lot of we're at the one year mark of the world shifting for better or worse. Depending on what you think about it, what do right. you want to do personally? What do you want to conquer? What do you want to travel? What do you want to eat? What are things left to be done on this bucket list? If there is oh my one? gosh, oh my gosh. Well, I I really I want to get to Europe. My my family is in Denmark. Um, so I'm just like itching for when it's safe to travel over there. Um, and I really, I want to do like a, like a, I want to go to Denmark, obviously visit family, but I also want to do like a European, maybe like take the train and just hit a bunch of the countries. I want to go to Germany. I want to go to Italy. I want to go to Greece. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if that happens. But that's yeah. definitely what I've been sort of fantasizing about uh, as I've been stuck in my apartment. Um, so that's going to be happening. And you know, there's going to be a lot of food on this on this European tour. Um, so I've that's been fortunate enough to visit Italy. I ate 
three times my weight, but since the food is always so fresh, I lost like 10 pounds. It was nuts. See, that's, that blows my mind. The last time I was in Denmark too, I felt like I was eating constantly and yet I felt very svelte as they would yeah. say. Less sugar um, diet. Yeah, which is amazing. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but personally, I, I just want to get back on stage. I really do. And I don't know how that's going to happen or, or when it's going to happen, but I hope that it, that it can happen. And I, I also think that, um, there will be hopefully hybrid situations happening where we can both get back on stage, but also, um, keep the virtual space alive. Cause I think this virtual, uh, land that everyone is engaging with right now is really valuable. And obviously we resorted to it mostly as necessity during, during the pandemic, I would say, but I think, uh, it's become quite an amazing tool. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of pros to the virtual space that, uh, we, we shouldn't take for granted, I think, especially accessibility, like the fact that, uh, people who are across the globe can tune in live to something happening uh, where you are. I think that's amazing. And that, yeah. th that doesn't happen with live events. So I'm hoping that, that obviously I want to get back on stage personally. I want to put on the stage makeup. I want to have the false eyelashes. I want to do the costume. I want to do it all. Yeah. Um, but I also, the, the virtual space has grown very near and dear to my heart. So that's what I would say. Well, if you want to follow Kelsey Vance on her YouTube page with Avenue A and the Barn series, you could do that. But Kelsey, yes. how can everyone else follow you online, see your project working on, all that cool stuff? Yes. So I would say mostly I'm on Instagram. My personal uh, inst Instagram handle is at Kelspence. Um, and then Avenue A is also on Instagram at Avenue A Live. Um, but then I stream to my YouTube channel, uh, which is just under Kelsey Bence. Uh, on YouTube and then on Facebook, uh, I'm Kelsey Bence as well. And then Avenue A is also on Facebook. So there's a bunch of places you can find me, but the majority of all my content, my personal singing content and Avenue A content, that would be on YouTube. Dang. Well, I am just so honored that you came through today. New Amsterdam Radio. I'll be following if I don't follow you already. I think I am. But if Avenue B does drop, I want to be able to be on the show. Just first 10 episodes, call me up. I'll totally be on Avenue B. Oh my gosh. I love you. I love that. And I will probably take you up on that. So be prepared. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Flobo. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.